So welcome back to the challenge read with Ray. And Dr. K. We're back with season 35, episode two, Sweet Dreams Are Made of D. And so we're picking up right after TJ's big announcement. All the challengers are reeling about the news that they will have to see an elimination to be able to qualify for the final. Yeah, and everybody's talking about what that means and how they get into an elimination since that's now something they have to do if they want to win. Yeah. So CT, of course, as we discussed last week, is worried <laughs> yeah. that no one will even nominate him to go in because exactly. he spent what feels like decades his life's inundating <laughs> to not sending in to not send him in and now uh, he has to work on convincing people to send him in and he asks Jenny what she thinks about that because most likely people will have the same concern about her as well yeah uh, and she seems to not be too worried about it Ashley worries that this is going to mess with her gameplay because she actively avoids eliminations and has won two finals doing so. Well, fair point. <laughs> it has worked for her in the past, clearly. Yeah. And Jordan thinks about whether it's better to go in now or later and ultimately decides he's just going to play the game and whatever happens will happen. Mm-hmm. And Tori believes that the best strategy is to go up against an opponent she thinks she can beat. As opposed to one that she thinks can beat her? I don't know. But <laughs> she's, she's very desperate, as we'll see throughout the episode, to get into the elimination round this episode. Yeah. Like, it has to be this elimination round. Yeah, I think everyone's kind of worried about, you know, once this solidifies, that things are probably going to be much more hard to maneuver around. And so a lot of the girls are gunning for this elimination to be theirs. Right. And Big T just wants to prove herself because <laughs> she sucked last season. But apparently she's been training real hard. We'll Which see. I'd, I'd love to see. I was a lot more concerned about the variety of snacks that they got after the purgatory because there were lots of like large bags of chips and Anissa looked like she had a cup of noodles. <laughs> I did not notice had this. a bag of cookies. <laughs> it was like it was really phenomenal. There was like so much snack food going around <laughs> in that grin that they had. And then there's little Jen who goes to talk to Rogan because apparently they're close. Um, about what to do. And I don't even remember what advice he gave her um, because he's just more interested in trying to get in her pants than anything else. And while Jen and Rogan are talking, Dee and Tori are spying on them because they're 13. <laughs> and Dee claims that she and Rogan still care about each other, quote unquote. And I don't think she really understands how it works when the guy does not like you and has moved on to someone else. But And apparently has actively treated you like trash in the past, but they have right. a weird on again, off again, not even just romance. It seems like they have a weird alliance 
during this game, but no one's quite sure where they stand with each other. Tori's all of us. She says, girl, just move the fuck on. He's not even that great. Uh, Greater words have never been spoken. (laughs) Because he's not. So we're going to move on to the breakdown where we talk about the mission. I love it And the getting into the eliminations this week. So first up, the mission this week is called Airdrop Extraction. And TJ claims it's going to be sick. (laughs) For TJ, everything is sick. Okay. Uh, To play this game... The challengers are going to be put into teams of three, selected randomly. And whenever they say randomly, I know there's some producer shenanigans going on (laughs) in how these teams are selected, but whatever. Each team will have to transfer 15 heavy military crates for one mile. The top three teams will move on to a second round, which includes hopping on a helicopter and attempting to push the crates from the moving copter onto a target on a platform below. We move into round one, and everyone has to carry these crates. Yeah. And they seem to be heavy, but not too heavy, because even some of the smaller girls are able to carry and run with them, with the exception of Jen. (laughs) Poor girl. I mean, let's not, I'm not going to say poor girl. She could have done some like weight training before coming to this challenge to be able to hoist up a crate over one shoulder and just like move her ass. Yeah. Well, she's having trouble picking one up, putting it on her shoulder, walking, everything. She's having trouble <laughs> with everything. She's on Josh's team. So he knows he has to help her. At one point, he decides to carry two of them and asks her to help out by holding on, holding them up in the back. She's basically like using her fingertips. (laughs) So she's not not actually carrying any of the weight. And poor Josh is carrying his and her crates for a mile several times because she's not able to do anything, which sucks. I'm say Ashley's having the same problem, essentially, just not being strong enough to hold her crate. And so she is foisting her responsibility on her teammate Bear so that she doesn't have to carry it the full mile either. Typical Ashley. Yeah. We see that Fessy and Jordan are the first two to deposit crates for their teams. Jordan was busy trying to size Fessy up because apparently he's a former Division I football player. Mm-hmm. And I think I remembered this from last episode, when we couldn't remember anything about Fessy. Yeah, because he, he doesn't do re- any camera time. <laughs> I remember now that he said that he should have been playing in the NFL, but he oh, tore his ACL. ACL. Always seems to be that injury, yeah. I love that Swaggy C, D, and Corey were on one team and they kind of immediately started doing this like relay strategy where not mm-hmm. all of them would carry their own crates, but they just pass them off to each other yeah. along the way. And I think that was the smartest approach, especially for a team like theirs that's not mm-hmm. like filled with or staffed with beasts like Jordan, Jenny, and Wes's team where they could each manage to like hold their own many times over. Right. And at the end of round one, we see that Jordan, Jenny, and Wes complete that round first, followed by Fessy, Kyle, and Melissa. 
And the last spot goes to Swaggy C, D, and Corey. So their strategy definitely paid off. Definitely did. And I'd like to note, this is the first time I've heard Swaggy C speak. I don't think he had any voice time on last episode, but in his interview, he was talking about how he killed and how he's going to now protect Bailey and himself. To be fair to Swaggy C, he probably was speaking last episode, but Bailey was just so goddamn loud. (laughs) We probably couldn't hear anything he was saying. Yeah. So we move on to round two, which a lot of people are very sad that they didn't get to compete in round two because you get to go up in this helicopter. And the helicopter flies over a giant platform with a target on it. And the teams have to attempt to get their crates onto the platform. Jordan, Jenny, and Wes go up first because they were the first to complete round one. Yeah. Jordan has the job of the spotter. So he stands at the front end of the helicopter looking for the platform and he has to notify the other two when to throw the crates off. Yeah, off the back. Yeah. They miss the first couple and everybody on the ground who's not on the helicopter because they didn't even finish <laughs> round one is heckling them, which they I missed, thought was shit. But they missed by, I mean, this is the thing. They missed by a lot multiple times in the same way. Like, I think their first three that they threw off the back all were so early and almost fell in the exact same spot. So I just don't understand how true was adjusting after seeing things not work out it seemed like he just kept trying the same thing over and over and it just wasn't working true but how many times have you have had to estimate throwing something from a helicopter i mean i would i think after like one or two times i would figure out some sort of rhythm as to you I think you don't you miss, think so. You miss by a lot in one direction, and then maybe you miss by a lot in the other direction. But I don't think you miss by a lot in the same direction three times in a row. That signals that something is. But I think lot. we also saw. I agree that Jordan probably refused to change his strategy. But I think we also saw, which both Jordan and Wes pointed out, was that in I think it was the sec- their second or third try the helicopter was nowhere over <laughs> the platform yeah so it wasn't even their fault yeah so like to me people on the ground who didn't even make it to round two talking uh, talking shit about oh they're doing so horribly at this it's it wasn't an easy task <laughs> very true it was not an easy task so the fact that they were if they were saying that stuff like on eight tries eight and nine yeah okay they were saying it after try one true true but what else they don't have anything better to do true yes (laughs) and you know their main objective is to is to get camera time at this point since they're no longer involved in the competition yeah. But anyway, as we've said, um, they missed the first couple. Uh, Jordan blames the helicopter, saying <laughs> that it slowed down. They eventually, they get two out of the nine crates that they had to toss. Yeah. The next team to go up is Fessy, Melissa, and Kyle. Melissa says she feels like Laura Croft. Uh, so relatable. <laughs> in an action movie. <laughs> yeah. 
they drop the first one way too late. Mm-hmm. And then they drop the second one way too early. They eventually get seven out of nine. So mm-hmm. they figured out that rhythm and were able to get the next seven yeah. uh, right onto the platform. Their progression, is it seemed like what I would have expected to happen for any group up there with like a good working, like working together strategy that eventually they would find a rhythm and get seven, maybe even five, not only two out of nine. Right. Next we have Swaggy C, D, and Corey, and they get all nine. Yeah, I mean. Corey manages to get that first one. He figures it out quick. He gets the second one and he says, oh, I know my spot. I know my, I guess he had <laughs> a visual marker, visual marker that he could um, choose. So now we know Corey's a visual learner. <laughs> Might not be a thinker. He's a visual learner. Is he the one you called a butterface? I called him a butter, butter brain. <laughs> butter brain. There's no question on the winner. We have Swaggy C, D, and Corey. They are our winners. They become the tribunal. When everyone gets back down to the ground, Jordan is pissed that he and his team only got two. Everyone's applauding Jordan's scowling with his hands clasped in front of him. He's very much a sore loser, which is normal for Jordan. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone, like... Everyone talks about how difficult it is for Jordan to congratulate the winners. And they talk about why is it that every single time he has to act this way when he's not the one who wins. Yeah. Um, And we talked about this last week. And I just think that's just his personality that he's developed throughout the years. He has to be the best. He has to be the winner for various reasons. And he sulks and Tori tries to talk him down, which has definitely become part of their dynamic because Tori is is a fairly personable competitor. She tends to be pretty friendly with everyone. Everyone likes her for the most part. And Jordan just throws her social game off so much I mean, it's kind of embarrassing how he was acting. I knew you (laughs) told me, but I didn't expect it to manifest. Like, just, it was almost like he was like a child. Yep. And she frequently has to either apologize for his behavior, which we didn't necessarily see this episode because it it didn't necessarily impact the rest of the gameplay for this particular episode. But she either you she usually has to apologize for him or talk to him and try to convince him to apologize, which usually never happens. <laughs> which as you know, as much as he's a pain in the ass, I love that because Jordan is always like, I don't need to fucking apologize because <laughs> I know that I can beat any of them in any elimination game. So if they're if they're upset about it. Pick me. They can come for me. Okay. Yeah. And I love that. So what would you have changed? Like, how did you feel about this mission? Would you have changed anything about it? So I liked the mission. And I really like that we're seeing 
both in these missions and in the elimination, some new games and some yeah. new type of games. I feel like they had an army consultant or something. Like, well, they had to. They're they're like in bunkers and shit. So <laughs> yeah. like everything is kind of military related. I would have liked the target round to happen all at one time. Question: but, Do you mean all, three helicopters, one target, or three helicopters, three targets? Three helicopters, three targets. Okay, because I'm like that could be potentially disastrous <laughs> if all three helicopters are flying over the same target. Yeah, but I'm sure that their budget dictated they could only have one helicopter. I would also have changed. So since they only have one helicopter. I think the team that competed completed round one the first, the fastest, should have had the option to decide the order of who went up mm-hmm. of the three, the top three from round one. Yeah. Because often the first group to do something is, is at a disadvantage because they have to really figure out what to do and how to make something work. And the teams that follow them have the benefit of that first team being the guinea pig. Yeah, exactly. And I think we, we saw some of that here. Um, it, it was probably tough for the people on the ground to kind of see the dynamics that were happening in the helicopter. But I'm sure they could tell you, you definitely had to wait a bit um, before you pushed something over. And I think in one of them, uh, I believe the team with Melissa, Fessy and Kyle, Mm -hmm. they swung one of their earlier ones out of the plane instead of dropping it (laughs) and ended up swinging it back further, (laughs) which caused them to miss. So like those are the sorts of things you can pick up when you're the team going last, which I'm sure a lot of that benefited that third team of Corey, D, and Swaggy C. I also would have made the target round a point system because despite Swaggy C claiming that they hit the target all nine times, they actually only hit the target about twice. Yeah. And not even the bullseye. They were just somewhere in the target rings. And the rest of the time, their crate simply fell on the platform away from the target, like quite a distance away from the target. I wouldn't be surprised if during the progression of this helicopter round that they had to change what they were going to count as a point after they saw how poorly Team One did. I'm sure that probably (laughs) happened because that's why they don't tell us everything, the producers, so that they can make changes whenever they want to. Yeah. Um, But I just felt like actually hitting the target would have shown an improvement in skill after multiple times of doing it. And I don't understand why they only had nine tries when they had to carry 15 15 crates. crates. Good question. So that was a little confusing, but. Because once they got to like nine, I was like, oh, they have four more. But they were like, no, it's only nine. Whatever. What would you have changed? So I guess I know that it's a part of these missions that whoever goes up first is at a disadvantage and everyone else gets to watch and learn from them. 
And I think that's fine, especially if it's like the first round of something. But in this case, when all when those three teams made it past that initial like one mile around with the crates, I think it would have been nice to keep them on an even playing field for the win. And so I maybe would have taken them out of that viewing party that was on the ground and put them in isolation so they couldn't see what the other two teams were doing while they were up in the helicopter. Yeah. Um, but I think no matter which order they went in, Jordan would have still been very bad. <laughs> <laughs> he would have still sucked because he just wasn't adjusting well enough. So we move now that we have our tribunal, we move to the part where now everyone is trying to figure out who to send in, who they want to vote for, etc. Dee wants Jen to go in very badly, and she claims she's leaving it up to the house to vote Jen in. And I think it's because Dee doesn't want it to seem like she's targeting Jen for flirting with the guy who wasn't interested in her. <laughs> Which everyone knows is the case. Right. <laughs> Jenny knows that this is the best elimination round to go into, especially if it's against a weak competitor like Jen. Yeah. And Jen is worried. She knows that there's a high chance of her going in or getting voted in at least by the group. And so she goes to all people, just poor, gullible, innocent Jen, to Johnny and Wes, team, what are they called? What do they call themselves? Team, you're all fucked? Team, you're all fucked. <laughs> she goes to Johnny and Wes to ask them for advice about what she should do if she gets voted in or, you know, to stop herself from getting voted in. And they... I guess, silently communicate that they're going to join forces in being evil to this poor girl. And so they convince her to write a speech. Yeah, they convince her to write a speech to defend herself and to help her convince the other castmates to not throw her in. And if they must throw her in, to throw in a rookie. Yeah. Another I mean, rookie. And everyone just keeps piling on. It's hilarious. It starts off it starts off so clearly as a joke. I think Johnny was the first one who said, I hope you have a speech prepared. And Wes just jumped on it. He just <laughs> jumped on it and he built it and built it and everyone kept contributing until all of a sudden Jen has a literal pencil and paper and she's writing this shit down. There's multiple pages of notes. Yes. And my favorite is all of the <laughs> All of the clearly Wessisms, <laughs> like I'm a stock <laughs> and I'm a commodity. <laughs> oh, poor girl. Uh, and she just, like, she's so dumb. But to be fair, like, I think honestly, it's not, it's not a bad argument. That it's she, not a bad she would, argument. She should convince people. Like, hey, I'm going to be easier to beat in the final than a Jenny. So why would you give her, like, such an easy ride um, when I'm going to be easier to beat than she is? But that's not the way she made her argument. Right. <laughs> it, it, it was not framed correctly. And no. we know framing is everything. And yeah. she was too busy listening to those idiots. Oh, to actually go back and craft her own argument. Yeah. You know, but no, she she went in with what they helped her write. 
for speech writers. <laughs> yes. Um, Big T's kicking around, trying to sh- pull on her very few connections to somehow get herself in the mix. Right. And she thinks she can convince people to vote for her either in this big vote or in the, the tribunal. So yeah. she thinks she can pull these strings. So we move on to the elimination voting. And once again, Johnny starts off by nominating Wes to lead the group in a, bo- a board meeting. I don't know what he called it. <laughs> yeah, no, board meeting. And, he, and Wes is the chairman of the board. Yes. And he says that Wes is going to take minutes. And Wes explains to us all what minutes are because he knows <laughs> no one else in that room has ever stepped foot in a boardroom. Yeah. And he immediately says that Jen has something to share. And she's shocked as if she didn't just spend the last like hours creating a six page <laughs> speech. I mean, I could not stop myself. I, was, I had to pause it, the episode, so I could laugh and calm down before pressing play again because I couldn't believe it was happening. So she starts her speech with greeting earthlings. (laughs) (laughs) Which immediately makes everyone in the room, including her speech writers, (laughs) look at her like, what the fuck? But I fell and a little bit in love with her because I was like, oh, she's a fucking weirdo. Like, I love the The best part is the look on Anissa's face. Oh, oh we're going to talk about Anissa's face later on. Trust me. Anissa was just like, <laughs> what? Like, where is this going? <laughs> oh. So as soon as she starts talking about stocks and investments everyone is every you can see everyone go oh okay we see what's happening here (laughs) this is a west speech we got okay we got it and she tries to convince them to go rookie versus rookie rookie nobody's having this no right nobody's going for it so west starts the voting by saying jen and once again she's shocked Oh, so surprised. And everyone goes around and votes for Jen, except for a few people, including Rogan, Wes, maybe CT, I think. Oh, no, Johnny. Three people. Rogan, I mean, yeah, sorry, I meant Johnny. Rogan, Johnny, and CT. Vote for Big T. So she got a little something, something thrown her way. Yeah. But in the end, it's Jen. We all know it's going to be her, except for her. <laughs> I think right. she, had a, she, had, she had hope. Um, so she puts her name on the board and then starts uh, the politicking of the tribunal to see which three girls they're going to put up for interrogation. But before, before that even happens, I guess they go to have lunch or something because they're all in the kitchen. And... There are a couple of people sitting at the table. Um, It's Jen, girl from Florabama. Maddie. Maddie, Dee, Rogan, and a couple of other people are all sitting at the table eating lunch. Jen is talking to the table about how she didn't like that Dee was campaigning against her. And Dee is getting pissed. Uh, She's sitting right there and she tells... she jumps up and tells Jen 
to stop talking about her behind her back. <laughs> and everybody, including me, is like, um, she said it to your face because she's literally sitting across the table from you <laughs> when she said it. Yeah. Right? They get into a back and forth yelling match where Jen tells Dee to stop staring <laughs> at her in the middle of the night to check if she's still in bed alone. Oh, gosh. And we the koala mat. Clip. We cut to a clip of Dee waking up to pull her sheet, or I think it was a sleeping bag, maybe, back on her bed. And her face happens to be in the direction of Jen's bed. And you can see Jen's head. And mm-hmm. it looks like she, like she's sitting, like her head is propped like up propped or something. on the rail. Yeah. So I'm not really sure what's happening there. But if the producers or the editors were trying to be shady, it didn't work because Dee was clearly like readjusting her sleeping her bag. Sheet. Yeah. My favorite yeah. part of this whole argument is that I think at one point Dee was trying to make the point that Jen may have been confused because of her koala mask that she puts over her eyes that also has eyes. (laughs) So that she was likely mistaking like the koala eyes for her actual eyes staring at her. It's just like, no one thinks that. So they have their little argument. They move on. Uh, Jen leaves. Jen storms off. And Dee's like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to throw you off your game by watching you while you sleep. We move on. Dee claims that Jenny is her number one and Tori is now upset because she doesn't think she's going to get voted into the tri voted into the elimination by the tribunal. And I'm confused because I'm wondering why she automatic, why she thought she automatically would be the first person chosen. I, I, I both don't know when D and Jenny made this pact that D was going to send her in or when she apparently made similar promises to Tori that she was going to send her in. We didn't see well, it. So here's the thing. So the, the, the pact, we use that term loosely between D Tori and Jordan is actually from the previous season. Okay. Because when Rogan tried to get D eliminated, it was actually Tori and Jordan. Oh, okay. No, it was Tori and Jordan who had her back because they were all on Team UK. Okay. And Tori and Jordan were the outsiders because they had crossed over from Team US. I see. So when that team realized that oh, Jordan and Tori are actually stronger than some of our own people. Let's get off the weakest people on our team. And Rogan decided that that was D. Okay. So, so Tori and Jordan are correct in saying that it would have been next to impossible for D to even make it to that final if it hadn't been for them sticking up for her and having her back. Now them having her win the money is another story because the final, yes, part of the final is a team final, but a good chunk of it is individually based. Yeah. And she earned her spot. She earned her 
place in the winner's circle just like everybody else earned their place because she had to do stuff individually in order to get there. Yeah. But her even making the final in the first place, was it only their doing? No, but they had her back when the person she was sleeping with didn't. I see. Okay. And with regards to uh, what, what you mentioned about when Dee and Jenny made their deal, it's kind of well known that as soon as the challenge gods, producers, whoever, decide that there's going to be a next challenge, they generate a list of people that they want to invite. And they start calling around and asking about people's availabilities. Like, are you available on this date? Is your passport up to date? Blah, 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 all of this, um, all of this stuff. And once that starts happening, the challengers start reaching out to their friends or the people that they have competed with before or have been on shows with before. And they immediately start striking deals. I see. So, so last episode, when they were talking about Wes having a deal with everybody, it's because Wes is one of those people who he will call every single person <laughs> that he knows who he thinks will be on the show. Because a lot of times they don't know who's going to be on the show until they see You're each right. other at the airport. Um, so, so they usually call around and they say, hey, like, if I have your back, will you have my back? Or like, who's in your alliance? Here are the people that are in my alliance. Maybe we can, let's talk to our own respective teams and kind of partner up. Okay. So I suspect that Dee, Dee and Jenny were, they weren't necessarily in each other's alliances last season, but they were on the same team. So I suspect that they were friendly enough that when they realized that Dee's best friend didn't come back and Jenny's best friend also didn't come back, that it made sense for them to align with each other. Yeah. And it also seems a little bit to me, like not even ha- not knowing that backstory, that Dee kind of want to, wants to hitch her wagon. Or what, is, what is the phrase? She wants to hitch her wagon to... I think to that's right. Truck. To who? To Jenny's truck. I don't know. Oh. She, wants, <laughs> she wants she wants to um I think like kind of ride on Jenny's coattails. I think she sees that as a potential alliance that could For sure. mean Jenny's more definitely... to her than Tori and Jordan because like there are gonna Jenny's gonna win a lot more times between now and whatever the final is, and to have that person owe you one. Or maybe even not just one, but many times over because yeah. you, you think you're each other's best friends is going to be very valuable to her. Definitely. So all of that is to say that Tori is upset. <laughs> <laughs> because she, she sees that, that Dee is going to have Jenny's back and she whines to Jordan now Jordan is even more pissed off. Like yeah. he was pissed off because he lost. Now he's pissed off because he definitely feels that D owes them yeah. for helping her win last season. And Tori being Tori goes to D in this weird little locker. 
vignette where they both like stuff themselves <laughs> into a locker and pretend they're in a Catholic, Catholic. confessional. Um, yeah. It's very strange. <laughs> and Tori basically tells D, this is not a threat, but Jordan is pretty pissed at you for not voting for me and I'll be pissed at you and we won't help you moving forward. But this isn't a threat. Yeah. I'm just giving you the lay of the land. Okay, Tori. Right. So, of course, D takes it for the threat that it is. <laughs> so that riles her up a little bit. And we get to the tribunal and... D shares the non-threat threat with the other tribunal members. Yeah. So they decide, okay, well, we're not even at the point of voting. We can put both of them into the interrogation and let's just throw in big T because she's not going to get mad if she is picked and she's not going to get mad if she isn't picked. Yeah, exactly. So we'll be safe with her. So... They bring in the people for interrogation. Yeah, they start with Big T. And basically her whole argument is that she wants an opportunity to prove herself. Like that's really all she has to offer at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, and I want to give a shout out to her, her ball head. I mean. She looked amazing. Looks so good, girl. Enough with the, with the heavy bang and wig. Kid, which is really funny because when I was looking through the social media posts, there's there's a Twitter handle of Big T's wig, <laughs> and I don't I thought it might have been her, but it's not her. So it's some fan of hers <laughs> or non fan of hers. So it's so funny that like she was without the wig, looking amazing, yeah. and then she has that awful awful wig who has its own uh, Twitter Personality, persona. Account. Yeah. Yes. This weighs her down. <laughs> she looks so much better without it. And it's probably way mu much more easy to maintain um, yeah. while she's jumping out of helicopters and doing whatever crazy shit they're going to be having her doing this season. So shout out to, to D's hair. Yeah. Sorry, to Big T's hair. <laughs> <laughs> so Jenny swears that when she earns her red skull, she'll do whatever she can to help everyone else in the game. And Tori claims that the slate is clean for everyone, except for Dee, because Dee owes her more than she owes Jenny. Yeah. And Dee kind of uh, admits that they had a deal, except that they never shook hands on it. Yeah, Dee's very bad at arguing. First with the right. koala eyes, she could have just said she was sleeping. And now with this whole, we made a deal, but we did we shake on it? Question mark, as if that invalidates the entire conversation. Right. <laughs> right. So she's not looking too great here. Yeah. And before the tribunal, before we leave the tribunal, I just wanted to point out that Swaggy C proves he's just as annoying as his girlfriend by referring to himself in the third person. Yeah. I think like, he was talking to Jenny, right? He and he said, Yes, what, what Swaggy wants to know is and you could just hear very lightly. I don't think the camera even cut to them, but you could hear the scoffs coming from the other two tribunal members' <laughs> microphones. Right after he <laughs> it's just not a good look. No, it's not. But guessing, but from what we've seen of their personas outside of the challenge, 
it makes sense. Yeah, it tracks. Yeah. So we move from the tribunal and we see that D is having a meeting with West to strategize. Which confused and me at first, but then I found out that they were on another challenge together as teammates. So her first challenge, they were partners and they were very good partners. And one of the reasons I actually really like Dee is when she came onto the challenge, she did not know how to swim. Okay. And during that challenge, Wes, her partner, spent all of their downtime teaching her how to swim in anticipation for a swimming challenge down the line. That's like so he sweet. knew a swimming challenge was coming. Yeah. So he taught her how to doggy paddle. And they actually came in like first or second place in that challenge. Oh, cool. Uh, because Wes is a badass swimmer. That's he swam competitively in high school and college. Yeah. Um, so everyone knows if it's a water challenge, like Wes is the person you have to beat. Um, but the fact that he took the time to not be like, oh, fuck, my partner's going to weigh me down. But he taught her, he taught her how to swim. And the fact that she allowed him to teach her how to swim and she jumped in like head first to all of these swimming challenges and has been doing well, even though she's, you could tell she's clearly terrified Aww. of being in the water. Yeah. So that's one of the reasons I have really liked her up until like all of this Rogan stuff has just yeah. like made me, but so I like them. I like D and West together. Um, but she's just not, she's not thinking clearly and she's not, she's clearly not oh, on yeah. West's like strategic level. Um, so West points out what I've been yelling at the TV all night <laughs> is that Jenny is way too strong to go into an elimination against the weakest person in the house and essentially yeah. get a free ride to the final yeah. where again, she's strong enough to potentially beat the people who are helping her exactly get into the final. So why would you risk put in, putting someone who would be your toughest competitor into the final game that you want to be in? Yeah. To me, that was the dumbest 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 thing yeah they're not that they could have done and if i was in the tribunal i would i would either throw in given that you have to earn your you red have to skull. earn your red skull i would either continue to throw in two rookies because then i know it's going to be filled with people i can beat or I'm going to continue, I'm going to throw in the top two competitors and the next episode, I'm throwing in that competitor who just won the elimination the last time because they're going to be um, worn out. Yeah. And I'm going to keep throwing them in until someone like eliminates them. Yeah. And that would be my strategy. But there's no way I'm throwing in the weakest girl against the, the toughest person in the house and now the weakest person is gone so i can't even beat her yeah exactly i can't yeah, even win against her uh, but now i have to like fight against the like the biggest baddest person nah that's dumb <laughs> that's so dumb so wes basically lays all this out and asks her to consider 
whether the favor that Jen will owe will be worth more than guaranteeing her entry into the final. Yeah. And, you know, D pretends like she understands what that means, but I don't, I don't think she gets it. And we'll see later on that she clearly doesn't yeah. get it. Another thing that rubbed me the wrong way is that, I mean, throughout this whole thing, even though it's clear that she keeps saying Jenny is her number one girl, she also keeps claiming that Tori is like number two on her list. But in her and Wes's conversation, she talks about if they, how they get there and it's a puzzle that she'll consider throwing Tori in because she's bad at puzzles. So I'm like, I thought <laughs> Tori's your friend. But exactly. I guess not. I guess So not. we get to Purgatory now. Yes. And TJ's and holding TJ, court. Yeah, TJ throws another twist into Purgatory. Yep, before the tribunal gives their votes, um, he lets them know that they can either choose from anyone in the house or they can choose... Well, not from anyone in the house, from the, in- the interrogated folks. Oh, yes, yeah, sorry, from the interrogated folks. They can choose or they can choose one of themselves. And everyone right. goes wild because that's awesome. That's like puts you in an amazing position to do, to get yourself to the end. And since right. he's the only girl on the tribunal, it's basically up to her. It's, it's her choice whether or not she wants to earn her Red Skull right now or wait until she gets another opportunity, which seems silly. Right. And everyone is going crazy because they know Dee has been talking shit all damn day yep. about how Jen is going home. So they chant for her to do it. Wes points out that Jen is a layup and that this is a no-brainer, especially with Red Skulls on the line. And it's one thing, you know, a lot of people have always said, uh, Johnny in particular, never volunteer yourself for an elimination, which is true because sometimes you never know what's going to happen. You might think you know what the game is, and all of a sudden, it's actually an advantage for the other person, um, how the game is played. But in this new, in this new zeitgeist, (laughs) I guess, of, of the challenge rules, you can't make it to a final unless you sacrifice yourself up to the purgatory gods so to speak. And I mean, I'm looking, I'm looking at the purgatory. I'm seeing these, I mean, we don't know the rules yet. Let's say like at this point, we don't know the rules, but I'm looking at it and I'm like, it's either some kind of like weird thing where you have to push these like poles into one another and like smash them into the other person or like Mm -hmm. through them down the middle. And so like, it's going to be some kind of like strength and endurance thing. I just don't see how she could have interpreted the contraption that was there as being somehow in Jen's favor. Cause there's very right. that Jen could beat her at. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we don't know what Jen's puzzle game is like. She might be like a puzzle savant. Yeah. But it clearly wasn't a puzzle. <laughs> no. And we have already established that Jen can't do anything physical. Jen has established that she can't do anything physical and has said that. Did you listen to her speech? Right. (laughs) We all all heard her speech. (laughs) So D 
being the idiot that she is, decides that she's not going to choose to put herself into the elimination. Yeah. And like all mean girls, she punks out and claims that she owes it to Jenny because to of her honor to honor the agreement that she made with Jenny. They must have shook hands. They must have shook hands. It's binding. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So she's going to honor that. And she votes for Jenny to go in. And I'm like, girl, what an idiot. Even Jenny's like, all know (laughs) you're scared shitless to do your own dirty work. Yeah. And after you've been like a complete and utter bitch to this girl, because the guy that is clearly not into you is hot for her. Yeah. And now you can't even send her home yourself and earn your spot in the final. It's just a potentially go into a final. It's a bad look all around. And even Jenny, like Jenny's like, I mean, I wouldn't have held it against her at all. If she would have taken the spot, like there would have been no hard feelings. I mean, I'm glad she kept her word. I really, really appreciate it. But yeah. So now everyone knows that D is all talk and TJ is clearly disappointed. Yeah. Although he doesn't say it at that moment. Normally TJ is like very much says, Oh, I'm disappointed in you. (laughs) He does not this time. He just, he just gives her a look and moves on. They all, all of the tribunal vote for Jenny. And for some reason, both big T and Tori are shocked that they weren't voted for for some reason. Yeah. Like they haven't been paying attention um, <laughs> to what's been going on. So we get to the purgatory game. It's called flip the switch. Yes. And there's a tall structure that has parallel sides with barrels hanging from a pole. Yes. We kind of like from, on a pendulum. Yeah. We learn from TJ that each competitor has 10 barrels on their side and they have to swing the barrels up so that they flip up and over the structure and land on the other side. And the first one to flip all 10 win. So they start <laughs> and it's just, it's almost sad because you see poor Jen on the one side is kind of throwing herself, throwing her little, her little barrel up and then it like kind of floats back down to her and she catches it and then she tries to throw it up again. I think CT in his interview said she's like a little girl trying to keep a balloon from touching the floor at a party. (laughs) And it's exactly that. And meanwhile, on the other side, you know, Jenny gets like the first one, she gets the second one. And then all of a sudden she's hit her rhythm. And so she just starts throwing them up with one hand. Not all of a sudden she hits her rhythm. She hits her rhythm from the first (laughs) one. (laughs) She starts one-handing like She was just like, huh. (laughs) This feels like a two pound, two pound sack. Yeah. I eat these for breakfast. <laughs> Out of my way. <laughs> One after the other. And she gets to her final 10, wins the game, and we all look back and Jen's still on number two. Yep. And Jenny admits in her interview that the game was way too easy. Yeah. Like, Sometimes um, when they make these elimination challenges, they, I think they put the weights down, especially if it's a, um, a women's challenge. 
And I feel they did that on this one, not anticipating that someone like Jenny yeah. would be in it. So whatever that weight was, was just like... Nothing for her. Jenny probably benches like 210 or something ridiculous. I don't know anything about benching, but I assume 210 <laughs> is a lot. Sure. <laughs> what I don't understand is why this wasn't a best of three. Like, it seems like it... I Because mean, there were 10 of them. <laughs> like, of three rounds. I mean, why not? What was the... what they do last time, that hanging from a from bar thing with the, with the window between them? I mean, because it just... it was not made for... It was... Because it was made for normal people. <laughs> because they test all of these things out with their yeah. production assistant. And I'm sure it took their production assistants probably about 10 to 20 minutes to complete it. Okay. Even TJ was like talking about how Jenny could have, when he was trying to console Jen for losing, I guess. Yeah. You're talking about how Jenny could have beat him. could have beat anyone else in the house. And I don't and think everyone... I- Everyone in the audience, all of the challengers watching were like, yeah. Yep. I don't think there's ever been such an unequivocal like designation of like beast mode as there has been for Jenny this season. And honestly, I don't even think Jen really understands what momentum, like how momentum works. I'm like, just push as hard as you can. (laughs) In her final thing, in her final goodbye, her final interview. And she was like, oh, it was a lighter, so it's harder to get momentum. Girl, like, that's not how... (laughs) (laughs) That's not how it works. Usually if it's lighter, you can can get more momentum. And it was because she she was doing that balloon (laughs) instead of a swing. Yeah. And if she had just done a swing, she would have gotten it further as opposed to just trying to push straight up. But whatever, she lost. She did lose. <laughs> she's, no, she's no longer here. So <laughs> TJ asks D if she regrets her decision. Yeah. And there's a resounding yes. And everybody else in the cast is nodding. Yeah, yeah she should. So online, they're doing the extended elimination interview. So pointless. Which which I didn't realize. I thought they just played a soft last week because it was so (laughs) (laughs) But apparently this is an extra if you're watching it online. They just show you the full interview of the producers like tossing them questions and they're just answering or whatever. She had a message to Dee and that was that Dee's playing the wrong game by thinking she's on a dating show. Facts. Tell it. Tell it. <laughs> yes. Yes. That was like the best thing. That should have been in her in, in her, in her um, speech. In her speech. We should we should each rewrite <laughs> rewrite Jen's speech for her to one that we think would have actually helped her in that poor voting. So that is the episode yeah. for today. Sweet dreams are made of D. I kind of hate that D just kind of had an entire episode dedicated to her and her unrequited relationship, attraction, loyalty to Rogan, who is so yeah. clearly uninterested in anything with her. But exactly. here we are. <laughs> who was your challenge all-star? for this episode someone who did something great or that you liked the most 
My challenge all-star was actually Rogan's coat at the elimination. I did not I don't notice know if Rogan's you saw coat. It, it was Tell black and it had this fur collar mm-hmm. that was kind of like, I don't know, it was like rounded and fluffy. And it just, one, it looked really warm. <laughs> okay. Two, it was so fashionable. <laughs> I was like... Okay, Rogan. Like I see somebody used his money Rogan to, from like, <laughs> to got, go get got a stylist. <laughs> to get a stylist because that shit was fire. I was like, where can I get that jacket? <laughs> oh, Rogan. Good for you. Yeah. My my challenge all star this episode, I would have to say, are Anissa's facial expressions. I think Oh, they were great. <laughs> during the entire voting during Jen's speech, starting from greetings earthlings and ending with it should be rookie versus rookie, Anissa was all of us on the inside. Yes. On the outside on her face. She also had some great facial expressions when Dee decided not to go into the elimination. And it was like, what is you doing, baby girl? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and I just love Anissa. I mean, she's just great. I love how so far she's just kind of flying under the radar. She's not making too much noise. For now. For now. <laughs> Anissa never flies under <laughs> the radar for long. She just doesn't feel the need to get involved because all these people are doing enough foolishness to get themselves, yeah. get Target on their own backs first. Um, yeah. Okay, so who's your elimination pick for this episode? Who do you want us, who would you send home if you could? Mine was D. I mean, she was just so fucking annoying. Yeah. Like her, her basically picking a fight with Jen and being mad at Jen, but then still trying to have an alliance with Rogan at the same time when he's the one that you should be mad at. Yep. Yep. And yep. he's the one that has actually betrayed you in terms of gameplay so why are you cool with him and not cool with her even after she like she specifically went to d that we learned during this episode she specifically went to d and said hey like did y'all do y'all have a thing like does this need to be a girl code thing if it is i like we're just chatting i'm i'm gonna make every effort not to like have a thing with him which we clearly see like she nothing that she has ever said with rogan was ever flirtatious rogan was flirtatious exactly but she was just kind of like okay whatever back to whatever we were talking about so it's like she went out of her way to like to hate this girl and to get everyone else to try to ostracize her and then instead of one voting for her yourself like leaving it to the house to vote her out so that you can keep your hands clean it's just like come on now like if you're gonna claim to be like a bad bitch be a bad bitch oh yeah she she also called herself a savage i think that's going to be the word of the season yes she definitely called herself a savage and you have proven sweetheart that you're neither Mine was Jordan. I just, his reaction to losing was so distasteful um, that 
it, it just completely rubbed me the wrong way. Because you just don't gain anything. At least, even if that's how you feel, that you're that upset about losing, yeah. just, just be a grown-up. Just, like, put your hands together and clap while everyone else is clapping and then go about your business and vent right. to your girlfriend later in a, dark, in a room with a closed door. But right. that kind of behavior does nothing but create ill will. Yeah, and I can see that. I'm kind of used to it. Okay, so next up, lessons in shade, our favorite shady moment or manipulation during this episode. And I think we're pretty much aligned on this. <laughs> yeah, my favorite moment was definitely when Wes started the elimination vote by voting for Jen while staring directly at her after her awful speech that he wrote. <laughs> yes. <laughs> icing on the cake was definitely Jen's shock. Yes. What's happening. Her mouth literally just fell open. This is one of the reasons, one of the many reasons I love Wes, because he just doesn't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was <laughs> too he, good. And there wasn't any, like, I'm going to look away while I vote for you. No. <laughs> I'm going to stare at you and like, no, nah, you're going in. <laughs> it yeah. was great. And now for our favorite segment. I wrestle. I beat bitches up. Our favorite line from the episode. Sure. So we both voted for Maddie, who I call Floribama girl. Cause that's her <laughs> name. And during the fight between Jen and D. D she says, oh, girl, don't wake up that tiger. I'm just trying to eat my Cheerios. <laughs> just so good. So good. Um, and one of my favorites uh, comes from Anissa during the mission for this episode when Josh was carrying two crates and Jen was just behind him touching, <laughs> touching both <laughs> while jogging along. Anissa goes, I mean, Jen was looking great. She had her whole face beat. She was looking amazing. She is looking her best, and she is trying her least. <laughs> not be more accurate. Thank yep, you, Anissa, for always keeping true. it real. <laughs> very true. Okay, Dr. K, I'm going to turn it over to you for stupidness and social media, because as usual, I did not do my research. <laughs> so I found two that we can chat, chat about today. So the first one is from Tori, and she tweeted at D, wow, to my face, I'm in your top list, and behind my back, you're willing to throw me in. Girl, I see you. And there's like an angry face Expletive emoji. emoji. Yeah, cussing or something. I don't know. I don't know my emojis. <laughs> but um, this is in reference to what you had mentioned, that when D was talking with Wes, she was saying that, oh, if it's a puzzle, maybe we'll throw Tori in because we know she sucks at puzzles. Yeah. So showing herself to be very two-faced. But also, Tori, like, why are you taking it personally? For real. As we will always like, say, no one's here to make friends or to keep right. friends or to play best friend. It's about winning. Right. Right. And you did threaten her, if we're all being completely 100% honest. Right. Yeah, so um, apparently Dee responded to Tori's tweet with just two words, fight me, period. I don't know what I'm supposed to make of that. 
Well, I don't think D wants any of Tori. Because I think Tori would wipe the fucking no. floor with her. D don't want no smoke. She wouldn't even fight Jen. <laughs> she can't she can't act like a badass now. When she didn't even want to go up against like the smallest person. And 105 pounds. Yeah. And then the second one was from Miss Ashley. Ashley tweeted, random fact, I actually tried to have a talk to Jen about the girls, the game, etc. And she pretty much gave me the talk to the hand, dot, dot, dot. So I'm happy to see her go down to the toughest in the house. So essentially, Ashley is saying that it wasn't necessarily the girls in the house who were standoffish, but rather that it was Jen who was standoffish, and that's why everyone was so eager to get rid of her. Yeah. Now, usually I take anything that Ashley says with a grain of salt, uh, because she, despite what she says, she's not really the nicest person, and she herself is a mean girl. And I, in scrolling through the, the tweet responses or whatever, I'm not necessarily seeing any cosigns from the other ladies in the house. Yeah. So I don't know whether what Ashley is saying is the truth or what Jen is saying is the truth. Um, I can see both of them being very true. Yeah. Um, But I could... Jen said that she needs to work on her social game. Right. But I could also see... Jen being the type of person who, or the type of girl who feels much easier being friends with guys because of how girls react to her. Mm, Of course. And of course, if all the girls see her buddying up to the guys, that triggers them to additionally feel a way about her. And I think she's also a little bit of a weirdo, like in the best way. But like maybe in a way yeah. that makes it hard for her to relate to other to the other girls in the house, as we right. witnessed with greetings, Earthlings. There's, I mean, that didn't just come out of nowhere, right? So who knows? Maybe maybe Jen is the standoffish one, or maybe the other girls just automatically decided that they didn't want anything to do with her. Either way, it doesn't matter because she ain't here no more. So oh well, bye. Goodbye, Jen. But as we know, I mean. Anything could happen. Anyone could be brought back at any moment. So we'll see. But I too believe that she's gone for good. All right. And so moving on, looking forward to next episode, predictions and possibilities. What, how do you see things happening in the next episode? And like, what do you see being set up for later in the season? I don't really know. I just think that folks need to put a bit more strategic thought into this whole switch Mm -hmm. i think adding the tribunal into the limit the purgatory contestant space yeah is is going to help a little bit because it's going to give more um it's going to give people more of a reason to want to win in the missions because if you can get yourself 
into the, the tribunal and you can work a political game to figure out how to get the house to vote for the person you want. Yep. Then you have a much better chance of winning that purgatory and securing the red skull for yourself. Yep. That was exactly what I was going to say. Like that's going to be the new strategy is for people to win the mission and then politic the rest of the house to get the opponent of their choice in purgatory. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think where it's going to get interesting is what we didn't see this episode, but we very likely might see in upcoming episodes, is when there are multiple people of the same sex in the tribunal. How does that work out on who volunteers themselves in? Yeah. Because if, it, if it's a definite weak person that's in there, they then have to politic against themselves to decide who's going to volunteer themselves in. Or maybe it's, uh, maybe TJ decides, or maybe there's some other mini twist twist on how people get decided to nominate themselves in from the tribunal. So that's still to be seen. I have one prediction. So we were talking in our first episode about the Johnny West alliance and when we think it's all going to start to fall apart and how my prediction was episode four yours was episode six but i think now with this added layer of the tribunal being able to vote themselves into purgatory i think it's in my mind it's starting to shape up that that betrayal is going to look a lot like one or the other of them promising to to vote amongst the losers for the person that they, for example, if it's Johnny West promising that they're, he's going to vote in whoever Johnny wants to go against mm. and that the betrayal will come in one of them not following through with that and mm-hmm. turning the house um, to send in like a strong competitor to, to help get them out. Mm-hmm. Alrighty folks, that's it for us this week. I'm Ray. I'm Dr. K. Signing off. Peace.